All right, GDT time as well this week. Jeez, it's all happening. Hawaka Ekanoa, we've got the pork industry shenanigans going on, and we've got uh, GDT good news as prices up 1.5%. Let's bring in our analyst from NZX, Stu Davison. G'day, Stu. How are you, man? Good, Dom. Thanks for having me back. The prices, yes, up 1.5%. Uh, you've called it a crazy outcome, and uh, this is another report where we need to look under the hood a little bit more. What, what are your thoughts? <laughs> yeah, well, this, the, the homework powder one's going to confuse everyone again like it did last week. And, uh, you know, dancing through Twitter and a few other emails, it's, it's pretty obvious it's, um, a few people have missed the, the point. Uh, homework powder prices, the index dropped. The average price increased again. The same dynamic we had last time. So it's you know, for Kiwi farmers, it's, it's milk price supportive. Um, and what it is actually is the, the market sort of um, sorting itself out and correcting. So instant humble powder prices dropped in the contracts four and five, but uh, lifted strongly in uh, the first three contracts. And so did regular and UHT. So actually a good uh, auction for humble powder. But yeah, the label says differently, so people are getting confused. Yeah, because uh, you look at the down 0.3% and you go, well, oh, damn, that sucks. But then, yeah, the yeah, average exactly. price up. So, yeah, you got to, as you say, devil in the detail, right? That's right, mate. you got to look a little bit further under the hood, you know. Which is which is why we get you on, Stu. So, um, okay, is there anything else you can tell us about that or is that basically it in a nutshell when it comes to whole milk powder? Well, that's whole milk powder, but the, the other one is um, actually who bought the whole milk powder this round too. So a really small showing from North Asian buyers. Um, you know, circa China. So, uh, one of the the fourth smallest buying of or purchase volume of homework powder on a GDT auction in the history. Um, so, quite significant, but not surprising considering you know what's actually happening on the ground in China, uh, yeah, COVID lockdowns and whatnot. So, it's um, you know unsurprising. But what's really cool on the outside of that is Southeast Asia and the rest of the world. You know, Middle East and um, South and Central America really came to the fore and took you know, larger than normal purchases of homework powder and, and supported that volume. So. And the other one, cool, you know, the auction started with four times as much demand uh, to supply, so really positive to see that demand come to GDP auctions. Okay, interesting. A lack of African buyers at this particular auction, though? Yeah, I think they only took, like, I've got nothing in front of me, but I think they only took about 25 tonnes of butter at this auction, so pretty much nothing compared to what they've been doing at the last few auctions, but, you know, prices are creeping again higher, so they might be a little bit tentative. The North Asian or Chinese situation, uh, though, is interesting because, as you said, you're not surprised at the lack of buying this time, but you wouldn't want that to be a sustained thing, would you? No, not at all. But I don't, I don't think it will be sustained. We, you know, they're busy clearing a few log jams and logistics and, and you know, ships and shipping and trucks and their own sort of internal market in China at the moment too. So, uh, not to mention a few geopolitical issues in there as well. But um, you know, there's a few people banding around the, uh, the same uh, floating safety stocks. And, yeah, so basically what that means is ships still rolling into China with, uh, you know, product on board. So buyers know they've got that coming through the gate. Mm. Just sort of, and in this auction, it looks like they're just taking small quantities to fill requirements as needed. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, God, that situation's insane, isn't it, over there with, oh. the, with the, the backlog? It must just be the most extraordinary uh, exercise in logistics to try and sort all that out. Yeah, oh, I, I, I think it'd be pretty hard to fathom properly how much it's uh, how how far behind it is and what it's going to take to get it get it right. And uh, it's just one of those things that'll keep pushing along the kick the can further down the road, as they say. Well, the thing that always amazes me about China is just the volume of. Uh everything to do with China, you know, you just look at the population and then you look at the, the, the products imported and exported and everything is just on a scale that we just, it's very, very difficult to get your head around. Oh, exactly. Yeah, yeah. That many people and that big, you know, the GDP of that size, is, for a Kiwi, it's, it's unfathomable.
So overall then, you reckon that uh, things are still on track for uh, a decent sort of next couple of months ahead? Yeah, definitely. Well, the, you know, the few data points coming through at the moment, uh, EU milk's really low. You know, they've, they've actually, they didn't hit peak properly. There's a few people complaining about the, the volume of milk coming through EU suppliers. Um, New Zealand's milk, you know, we all don't have to tell anyone listening to this. EU, and New Zealand milk's been a while behind for the whole season and uh, unlikely to catch up in the, in the near term. I think the next time we might see a positive milk flow figure out in New Zealand might be peak milk, but that might actually be under pressure. So, you know, supply side's really under pressure. Demand's still steady. Obviously, it's not as strong as, as, you know, six months ago, but it's still there. So, fundamentally, we're still looking at pretty positive uh, outcomes in the market, but, you know, uncertainty's still there as well. Speaking of looking under the hood, Stu. <laughs> I knew you'd go there. Not bad though, eh? Um, you did. Good, it. I'll, I'll, I'll give you credit for that one because that was in your uh, that was in your write up. Uh, back to the Middle East, Azerbaijan this week for Formula One. Mate, a street race after a street race. How exciting! Very exciting. Um, yeah. You'd be quite happy with the result from the last one as well in Monaco. Oh, mate, Chico, how good! Like just a great result. But but you know, Ferrari for the first time in 2008 started on pole and, and didn't win. Like how good is that? And uh, strategy win at Monaco. It's pretty exciting. Well, it's not that good if you're a Ferrari fan, pal. <laughs> that's the only reason I said it. Mate. Yeah. <laughs> on top. And uh, Chico's third win. Come on, that's, that's got to be a bonus. <laughs> Oh, it depends what side of the fence you're on. But, uh, yeah, no, that, that's that's good. So, yeah, things are heating up there. I like the fact that it's sort of, you know, it's got we've got three teams there or thereabouts. And, mm. uh, you know, um, it's, it, it only bodes well. It just means that the interest is, is, is up on it. So so, so that's really good. Um, Stu Davison, as always, appreciate your time. Thank you. No worries. Cheers, Dom.